the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of Backbone Radio. And yes, nice indeed. We we fixed that little glitch. So we got our standard opener credits and music back in play. Isn't that awesome? Doesn't it sound good? At any rate, this uh going to talk about Ray Epps for a bit this hour. Ray Epps, E-P-P-S who Darren Beatty says is the smoking gun of the Fed surrection. And I thought I would go into some detail about Ray Epps and try to make sense of Ray Epps and filter through all of the propaganda you are seeing out there from the mainstream media. And the latest installment is from a puff piece in the New York Times. Yes, the New York Times uh, got one of their one of their authors to... Uh, and uh, his name is Alan Feuer, F-E-U-E-R, to write, uh, to write a puff piece about Ray Epps, the only guy who was caught on video on January 5th and 6th saying that we go into the Capitol and he was helping direct people into the Capitol and he's never been arrested, he's never been charged with anything. And there's a lot of question marks about why not. Why has Ray Epps skated when so many others have actually gone to jail, including like a little old grandmother with cancer is headed to jail, but somehow not Ray Epps? This New York Times piece throws a lot of sympathy for this victim, the victim, Ray Epps, but no sympathy for the people who are actually in jail who were actually, like, thrown in jail for this. But somehow, like, uh, the New York Times thinks that um, Ray Epps' life has been hell. And he, they quote Ray Epps saying, quote, all of this, it's just been hell, end quote. Well, how is it for the people that are actually, like, in prison right now? How come the New York Times doesn't show sympathy for those people? They show sympathy for Ray Epps. New York Times' Alan Feuer says Ray Epps has suffered enormously. He was forced to sell his business and his home in Arizona. Fearing for his safety and uncertain of his future, he and his wife moved into a mobile home in the foothills of the Rockies with all of their belongings crammed into shipping containers in a high desert meadow. Yeah. Um, I'll go through this and I'll detail a bit about uh, yeah Alan Feuer of the New York Times and what his track record is and you have to understand a few things to make sense of all of this. And one of the things that you need to put on a certain filter, and it's a filter you have to adopt with all things fake news, and Matt Taibbi, who writes for, used to write for Rolling Stone, now he has his own Substack page. He's a leftist, but he's uh, very skeptical of all the propaganda you've been seeing about Russia, Russia all the way along. And Anyway, he says that uh, in order to interpret essentially what's going on with the New York Times, you have to apply a Kremlinological approach. You have to, like, decipher and study information. You have to decipher the propaganda 
the way that you would if you lived in the Soviet Union back in the day or other totalitarian regimes that use state media for propaganda. And you have to somehow learn to decode the signals and understand what's what's really being said. Now, for the people that do not have this capacity to filter fake news and to understand what fake news is and what propaganda is, they're just going to be taking all of this stuff literally and they will – by extension, be directing people in the very wrong direction if they can't understand how to approach the media. Does that make sense? And there's too many people in media, too many people who live in a media bubble who who don't have that filter and don't have that ability to filter out what's actually really being said and what's going on. So about Ray Epps, okay, we're going to put on our Kremlinological hats and decipher and interpret what's actually really being said in this in what has to be a massive damage control operation somehow being brought forward about Ray Epps, who may well be the smoking gun to the Fed surrection. And there's a lot of question marks about, uh, you know, why hasn't he been arrested? And um, did he have any somehow interaction with a federal agency or another that maybe helped give him the idea to urge people to go into the Capitol, not just to the Capitol, as the New York Times' Alan Fewer writes, where he says he urged people to go to the Capitol. No, he urged people to go into the Capitol. You see how they sanitize that? New York Times says uh, – He traveled to Washington to back Mr. Trump, was taped urging people to go to the Capitol. No, into the Capitol. You see, there's like a big difference between going to the Capitol and into the Capitol. That's just one little example of the damage control operation that is going on here. And for some reason, this January 6th committee does appear to be backfiring. It appears, as I said in the last hour, to be cementing loyalty ever more so to President Trump. Okay, and uh, look at the numbers and look at the data to back that up. Right. And Liz Cheney seems to be um, in ever deeper trouble in Wyoming, in part because of her participation on the rigged January 6th propaganda committee. All right. Now, I'm going to be going through all this. We're going to be having some fun with this and just uh, hang on and let's get to the phone lines and say a little hello to Eric, the great American, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Is this Eric? Or is this a different Eric? Is this Eric in Loveland? No, this is me. Okay. Oh, it's a different Eric. It's a different Eric. Okay, this is Eric in Loveland. (laughs) All right, welcome. I I, I don't know if I'm a great American, but I'm a strong American. I'll take take that. (laughs) Well, if you're listening to Um, Backbone Radio, you're pretty great in our book. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you very much. I yes. appreciate it. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, I, something I just came across this last week in regard to uh, January 6th, there was an undercover FBI uh, informant or agent, I'm not sure which, uh, who was embedded with the uh, Proud Boys from Kansas. And hmm. he had uh, FBI, he leaked the documents out. Somebody leaked the documents out. But he said 100%, he exonerated all the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, Proud Boys that he was involved with. He wrote, uh, and they have the FBI documents <clears throat> that were released and everything showing guys that were actually convicted of being in the Capitol and causing all this mayhem, supposedly. Uh, he specifically <clears throat> exonerated. And it was. I haven't even seen that. Interesting. That okay. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, um, 
Another thing with uh, Ray Epps that kind of struck me is he was at the cap. He flew all the way out there to D.C. to see Trump talk, but he didn't go to the talk. He was at the Capitol. Yeah, long before. That's one of the points Trump I was Trump's I was speech. working up to make is that why does Ray Epps go all the way from Arizona to Washington D.C. to support Donald Trump as the New York Times Alan Fewer writes, um, but then he does not go to the Trump speech. Why is that? He spent all of his time <laughs> like directing people into the Capitol. Seemed to be like what he was yeah, there for, the not Capitol. necessarily to go see the Trump speech. What's What's the deal there? And, of course, the New York Times doesn't ask that question. And it's like, it's another one. Hmm. Question mark. There was uh, somebody earlier earlier mentioned uh, the 2,000 mules. um, Yes. One of the discrediting things they said about it was that the the geofencing wasn't uh, specifically enough to, you know, really point the finger at any one person might be doing fraudulent things with the voter boxes. But they're using it to track down all these January 6th guys. It seems quite clear that it is sufficient to do that and um, a lot of people do say oh it's a you know it's a, a Dinesh's film so I would point them to I caught a film uh, it's on HBO it's called Kill Chain this was done in regard to the fraudulent vote in 2016 by the Democrats they have uh, Klobuchar and uh, all the different you know the, the talking heads they submitted a document contesting in uh, the uh, validity of the voting machines this is all done by the Democrats. It is interesting to listen to left-wingers. Yeah, left-wingers criticize yeah. the people that run the voting machines. And that's that's in that video. So I've that, seen parts of that. Yeah. Yeah, anybody that's not willing to watch 2,000 Mules, maybe you can get them to watch the Democrat version, which is Kill Chain. And it's still up on uh, on HBO. And uh, so I just wanted to throw that in there. And I heard somebody mention that earlier. Okay, and, right um, on, Eric. Yeah. Well, um I do think there are grounds for severe skepticism about our election integrity in this country and from 2020 and and 2022, maybe 2024, maybe we got to get this fixed. And seems like the establishment is pretty quiet about it. Thank you, Eric. There we go. Don't worry, baby, sings the Beach Boys. Yeah, all American summer. And again, at the big swim finals yesterday, it was just great. You just feel like, you know, it's all American crowd there at the pool watching their kids swim, doting on their little kiddos with their little goggles on. And <laughs> it's kind of funny that my nine-year-old son, the coach thought it was a good idea to wear these, like, super tight swim trunks, super tight. And so he had the the boys on the team put on the super tight trunks and, that was really tight, and I was just kind of thinking that if it was me, I don't, I don't think I would have done that. I would have just accepted a second or two slower time. But no, the kids did it, and they, boy, they just, they just turned it on. And that little, the nine-year-old uh, son of mine, somehow or another, he was in five events, and he placed in all of them. He almost won one of them. Boy, that would have been cool to uh, have had a victory there. But oh, just didn't quite. It's just like ding, 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 ding. The, it was such a tight race. Anyway. The things that parents enjoy, you know, uh, hanging out with the kiddos in a Beach Boys kind of summer. But anyway, back to the Ray Epps scenario. And again, to interpret the significant meaning of the new New York Times puff piece on Ray Epps, it seems like it's damage control. That for some reason, you know how the media works, they try to get damage control out in the pipeline in advance of something bad coming along that harms deep state or ruling class interests. 
and I'll hint at and speculate at what that might be in a moment. But again, we're all clear that we need to put on our uh, our fake news or our uh, propaganda interpretation hats or the Kremlin Kremlinological. That's a hard word to say. Approach to this kind of uh, to this kind of uh, media. Okay, and once you uh, start, you know, trying to decipher and decode what's going on, that helps. And you have to remember that the New York Times tends to be the outlet where certain government agencies go to get out insider information or to get out damage control so you can sort of interpret what's really going on and what's in the ruling class mindset. You remember, you know, it was James Comey and Benjamin Witz, the FBI people, who would use the New York Times to get their stories into circulation that they wanted in there in the Trump area regarding the Russia hoax and all that and Durham and Mueller and so forth. And the Washington Post tends to be more the CIA outlet where CIA people go to the Washington Post and the CNN outlet is where the State Department tends to go. And again, you have to look at media in this way when you see stuff come out. On CNN, you kind of start to think, okay, what is the State Department trying to say and code here? When you look at the uh, New York Times, you think, okay, could that be FBI insider information code? In Washington Post, could that be more CIA code? Now, you got to remember that, okay? You have to remember that. This is part of the way that, yes, your host is so good at decoding propaganda is to get this stuff. And some of that uh, over at the conservative treehouse, Sundance, has been writing about that kind of stuff for years. All right. So Ray Epps is the only guy, again, caught on camera saying, go into the Capitol, go into the Capitol. And by the way, you remember that the New York Times is the outlet that uh, did the the Brian Sicknick hoax. They said that the Brian Sicknick, the Capitol police officer, died, was beaten by a fire extinguisher. Um, And that's what killed him. But uh, it turns out, you know, it actually wasn't true. And four months later, they, they disavowed their story that, you know, he died the next day of a stroke, unrelated condition. The New York Times also did the Nick Sandman stuff. Remember the Covington kids? Remember that propaganda? You just can't take any of this stuff at face value, okay? So um, anyway, the people are not watching what's going on on January 6th, and there's beginning to be a few questions about why are they doing this? You know, why, why is this even happening that the, the, the unforced – the New York Times does this puff piece. And again, so there's some of the questions that uh, Darren Beatty over at Revolver.News asks, um, why did Ray Epps go all the way to Washington, D.C., but then not go to the Trump speech? New York Times does not um, ask or answer that question in its new puff piece. Question, where did Epps get the idea to advise people to go into the Capitol? Not to the Capitol, but into the Capitol. And New York Times, of course, does not ask nor answer that question. And how was it that Ray Epps ended up initially on the FBI's 20 most wanted list after January 6th? And now suddenly he's getting favorable. He's the victim puff pieces in the New York Times. How do you explain that evolution? And also, you have to ask the question, why is there no explicit denial by Epps in this New York Times story that he was ever involved with working with some federal agency or another, potentially? How come that question is not asked? That's the question that everybody is wondering. Why 
Why has Ray Epps not been arrested? Why has he not been incarcerated? When the video is so bloomingly clear of him urging people into the Capitol and directing traffic and so forth with a bullhorn, why uh, why not? And was he involved in some agency or another? And um, it's just not asked and not answered in the New York Times piece. There is no explicit denial, says Darren Beatty, of association with military intelligence, DHS, JTTF, or any cutouts or intermediaries. We have references in the New York Times piece to what he calls lies and Epps wish that the truth come out, in addition to denial of association with law enforcement. But yet, that's kind of uh, curious that they say that no, Epps has had no... Involved, not in the New York Times piece, but that's what the January 6th Select Committee says, because they supposedly have interviewed him twice. They said they were going to release the transcripts from those interviews, and then they never did. They never have. But they said that he's never had any involvement with any federal law um, agency, with no federal law enforcement. But that leaves out quite a few other agencies that would not be specifically law enforcement that Ray Epps could have been a part of. Okay, so an awful lot of question marks come out of this. And why are they doing some kind of a damage control operation? And Darren Beatty describes it, and he's uh, over at Revolver.News. He has an essay on this. There's, there's, there's several essays that Revolver has written regarding um, um, Ray Epps. They're the kind of the people that have really been spearheading this story. Um, the new one is called The Hidden Agenda Behind the New York Times Desperate Puff Piece on Ray Epps. And Beatty talks about the buried lead. And apparently in the story, um, and I've read it all. I've read the New York Times story. I've read every story. I've been reading this for months, here, probably years now. Here we see a reference to a text message Epps sent to his nephew describing how he, quote, orchestrated movements of people to the capital of Trump's speech. And um, the New York Times says this. Mr. Epps also said he regretted sending a text to his nephew well after the violence had erupted in which he discussed how he helped to orchestrate the movements of people who were leaving Mr. Trump's speech near the White House by pointing them in the direction of the Capitol, end quote, from the New York Times. Now, what is this about a text message that Ray Epps sent to his nephew? The New York Times doesn't dig into it and doesn't ex- ask exactly what was said in the text message. You don't get that information, but you get the sort of sanitizing, oh, he regrets it, and it was something about orchestrating movements of people, and it makes you wonder, okay, what's this about? Is this the lead? Is there potential that some text message that Epps sent to his nephew is on the verge of coming out and that could be incriminating and it could – be tough on the January 6th committee in some way. It could undermine even more what their agenda has been all the way along with their January 6th committee to try to find some way to prosecute Trump and uh, delegitimize the entire MAGA movement across this country. Is that part of the deal? What is this text message? Again, it's not explained in the New York Times piece, but they just hint at it. See, that's how propaganda works. They throw stuff out there. They try to sanitize it. But if you read it carefully, you're like, what the heck is that? Is that a buried lead in this whole deal? All right. To be continued. I've got, I've got a lot more. There we go. The wall of flowers. Jacob Dylan, son of Bob, bringing us back one headlight. I love that tune. At any rate, we are in midstream here on Ray Epps, the smoking gun of the Fed's erection narrative, according to Darren Beatty. 
and he says this, if it turns out that Epps was acting on behalf of some government agency on January 6th, the entire official narrative collapses in one fell swoop. Are they worried about this whole January 6th narrative somehow collapsing, collapsing? And what is so important about this narrative to the deep state? Mm -hmm. Could it tie into what Adam Schiff, the amendment he just got onto the NDAA, the National Defense Appropriation Act, to hide and conceal any U.S. military research or evidence or surveillance that has been provided to congressional investigations, including the January 6th investigation, including about Ray Epps? Hmm? Makes you wonder if that's one of the things that could be trouble for the deep state. But just so you get a little bit of uh, – let me do this one first that uh, – Darren Beatty talks about it's the national security state issue. And he's talking to Tucker Carlson here, but listen to this one. Is it obvious to you that the more loudly they scream, the more aggressive they get? They did this after the death of George Floyd. They did this after January 6th. They're doing it now with Ukraine. It seems like there's a connection yes. between their self-righteousness, their aggression, and their duplicity. The louder they yell, the more they're lying. That's what it seems like. Absolutely. They've been extremely vicious protectors of this narrative because it's so important to them. The whole lie about January 6th is used to justify the repurposing of the national security state domestically against the American people. If they lose that narrative, they lose that agenda and they can't stand to have that happen. See, I've been saying this for years around here that the national security state used to like look at terrorism abroad, but now they're focusing here domestically. And the January 6th argument has been a big prop for them. The January 6th narrative is allowing them fuel to turn their anti-terrorism deep state stuff, the intelligence agency stuff against the American people themselves. They're going after the heartland. Maybe that's part of what's going on. Maybe that's part of what Adam Shifty Schiff is up to with his NDAA amendment, which did pass, unfortunately, by a mere two votes. Okay, something to think about. Now, again, just so you hear Darren Beatty say it about Ray Epps being the, the, the smoking gun of the Fed surrection. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. There's Epps. Into the Capitol. <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. And that was the wrong clip that I just hit. And, uh, oh, I'll find that one in a second. But uh, where did Epps get the idea to go into the Capitol in the first place? Who, who gave him that idea? And thirdly, where did Ray Epps get this idea? This whole piece doesn't explore that question at all. Here is the one person calling for everyone to go in. Where did you get that idea, Ray Epps? Did it occur to you out of nowhere? Did someone tell you to do it? This piece, shockingly, does not explore that question at all, which is the paramount question that's really the animating, the alleged animating focus of January 6th committee. So this is so dirty. Ray Epps' behavior was so egregious that he was one of the first 20 on the FBI most wanted list. He was featured as a star in the New York Times' own documentary on January 6th, and now he's unarrested, unindicted, and he's the only January 6th writer about whom Adam Kinsinger has nice things to say and the New York Times is writing puff pieces about.
He's the smoking gun of the entire Fed's erection. Well, uh, and, and they go crazy when you ask simple questions like, what was the role of federal law enforcement or the military in this day? And it's been our experience that when they won't answer a question and call you names for asking it, maybe there's something there. I appreciate your pulling this thread relentlessly. Darren Beatty, thank so you. So that's Tucker Carlson thank talking you. to Darren Beatty of Revolver News about that. And again, yes, yeah, smoking gun of the Fed's erection. I mean, is that true or not? I don't know for sure. I don't know who Ray Epps is for sure. But there's all these question marks. It's got all the hallmarks of a propaganda operation going on, the Soviet-style, Stasi-style propaganda operation. And we are asking questions. We want answers. And this New York Times puff piece making Ray Epps the victim all of a sudden really adds fuel to our speculations, to everybody's speculations Let's get a little bit more commentary. Um, there have been some great pieces on this, and I want to work this into the record here. Tucker Carlson, here's how he opened up on the New York Times puff piece on Ray Epps. So the New York Times has written hundreds and hundreds of articles about January 6th since it happened, describing it as a riot, an insurrection. As part of its coverage last summer, the Times published a video documentary in which the Times reported that one man was actually caught on camera planning an insurrection, encouraging a breach of the Capitol complex. That man's name is Ray Epps. Now, the New York Times noted that Epps was videotaped on both January 5th and January 6th, urging protesters to storm the Capitol. Here it is. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail tomorrow. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Now, in a lot of ways, that's the strangest video to emerge from January 6th. We played it several times in this show. Quote, we need to go into the Capitol, into the Capitol, Ray Epps tells the crowd. He says it repeatedly. He's so emphatic about it, encouraging other people to commit a crime, that the crowd around him decides he must be a federal agent. They began chanting, as you just heard, Fed, Fed. So shortly after that video surfaced, the FBI placed Ray Epps on a list of people wanted for questioning, and they released it to the public. And you can understand why they did that. According to the Justice Department, what Ray Epps did on that video is a federal crime. In fact, the Biden administration has charged several people with seditious conspiracy for doing precisely what you just saw Ray Epps do, urging others to enter the Capitol complex on January 6th. Here, for example, is a quote from a DOJ press release that describes the federal case against five members of the so-called Proud Boys, the group you're supposed to be terrified of. Quote, on January 6th, 2021, the Defendants directed, mobilized, and led members of the crowd onto the Capitol grounds and into the Capitol, end quote. Again, that's what you just saw Ray Epps try to do. But here's the difference. Others who have done that are in prison or facing long terms in prison. But no charges have ever been filed against Ray Epps, despite the fact there's no question he did it, because once more, it's on tape. That's very strange. It just is. And we don't care how many people call us names for pointing that out. It is strange. And we'd like an answer to what the heck is going on. Now, we've asked Ray Epps on this show repeatedly to explain why he thinks he has escaped prosecution. And we'll ask him once again tonight. And we will keep asking because we think it is a very obvious and important question that gets to the heart of what is this exactly? Yes. Why? Why does Ray Epps decide to go to the New York Times of all places if he wants to get the truth out? 
Why the New York Times? Why not go on with Tucker Carlson? Why not go somewhere else? Why not with your passion, which he speaks of in the New York Times to get the truth out, why does he go to the propaganda organ of the American regime, which appears to be panicking? Okay, that's what Roger Kimball says, an essay in The American Greatness, that the regime appears to be panicking over something to do with this Ray Epps story, with this Ray Epps narrative. Why the panic? Why the puff piece? They don't answer any of the key questions with it, but they're trying to make it so that if you ask questions about Ray Epps, well, that's just beyond the pale. You're not allowed to talk about Ray Epps. You're not allowed to go there because you're already a victim. He's already suffered enough. They don't care about the people who are suffering in jail right now as we speak. They care about the suffering of Ray Epps. Isn't that weird? Isn't that strange? But it's amazing how little Democrats want to hear about this. Again, Nancy Pelosi and Liz Cheney have spent the last year staging an investigation at great expense and then a series of public show trials arresting people in their homes, supposedly designed to discover how and why January 6th happened. But they remain curiously uninterested in the Epps case. We've got what seems like an actual insurrectionist on tape, but they don't want to talk about it. And they definitely don't want you to talk about it or ask any questions. That's right. They're trying to shut you up. They do not want questions asked about this. They do not want Ray Epps to be discussed or to be talked about. They don't want to get a blanket denial from Ray Epps that he ever had any involvement with some federal agency that he was talking to anybody in some federal agent. They don't want to go into this. What is this mysterious text to his nephew? And by the way, Alan Fewer, the author of this New York Times puff piece, Tucker Carlson describes as a reporter who has spent years shilling openly for the intelligence agency. Hmm. Coming back in with Brian Adams cuts like a knife. Remember the 80s, anyone? At any rate, we're in midstream, actually nearing the end of our Ray Epps segment, massive damage control operation by the New York Times, panicking regime. Why are they panicking? What is going on here? Obviously, the January 6th committee is falling on deaf ears. It's backfiring on them as so many things the establishment does backfires on them. And um, I just wanted to get all this in. I'm going to the phones in one second, but let's get just a little bit more of the, what Tucker had to say, which I think brings a lot of threads together on this Ray Epps smoking gun of the Fedsurrection question mark. As if to prove that point, the New York Times just ran a piece explaining that when you ask questions about Ray Epps, you are committing a moral crime, maybe even helping Putin. The piece was entitled, It's Just Been Hell, Life as the Victim of a January 6th Conspiracy Theory. Oh, so Ray Epps, the guy telling people to breach the Capitol, is now, in the words of the New York Times, a victim, a victim of your unrestrained curiosity. Now, this piece was written by a reporter who has spent years shilling openly for the intelligence agency. Hear that? It may give you some sense of where this storyline comes from. Like the agencies themselves, the New York Times piece was highly deceptive. For example, the New York Times says that Epps was, quote, taped urging people to go to the Capitol. Oh, but that's not what the tape shows. Ray Epps was doing something very different. Ray Epps was urging people to go into the Capitol, not to the Capitol. And there's a big difference legally. One is a crime, according to the DOJ, and the other is not a crime. 
And so to effectively interpret this stuff, you have to understand the deep state. You have to understand how propaganda works in this country and how the various agencies go through different news outlets like the Washington Post, New York Times, and CNN to get their coded messages out, okay? If you don't have that ability, you shouldn't be commentating on politics at all in this country if at this point you still can't figure that out after the Russia hoax and all of the other dozens of hoaxes we've had visited upon us over these past several years. One more. And that's not all Ray Epps did. Epps also told people what they should do once they got inside the Capitol. And that's on video, too. This is just minutes before the first breach of the building that day. Watch. One more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested? Leave we go this up here. Yeah. You don't need to get shot. When do we go in and leave this here? What does that mean? Well, for some reason, the New York Times reporter didn't ask Ray Epps what he meant by that. Now, the reporter spent a day talking to Epps. It was a day-long conversation, according to the story. But that question never came up. No meaningful question came up. It's all very strange. The New York Times is mounting a propaganda campaign on behalf of a self-described Trump voter insurrectionist. Now, this is the same paper that cheered Ashley Babbitt's death. But this same paper is weeping for Ray Epps because people have been mean to him online? Hmm. It's almost like they're trying to cover something up. It is. And what is it they're trying to cover up? Why are they so beholden to this Jan 6th narrative? What is going on here? We've got a lot of questions. Now, buried near the end of the New York Times piece, there's a hint. We find this line, quote, Mr. Epps also said he regretted sending a text to his nephew well after the violence had erupted, in which he discussed how he helped orchestrate the movements of people who were leaving Mr. Trump's speech near the White House by pointing them in the direction of the Capitol. Really? What was in that text? We'd never heard of that before. And it kind of makes you think the entire New York Times piece was written to drop that little bomblet at the end in the least damaging way. Now, we'd never seen that text message before. What exactly did Ray Epps say to his nephew? Have prosecutors reviewed that text? The New York Times doesn't tell us. Nor does the New York Times tell us whether Ray Epps has had any contact with any federal agencies in the period before January 6th. That's the core question. But they didn't ask it. Why is that? Seems like a major omission. But don't ask more questions, commands the New York Times. Otherwise, Ray Epps may be killed by Mexican drug cartels. Mexican drug cartels? What do they have to do with this? We're not sure. But according to the paper, there are people who have heard, quote, some cartel members talking about killing Mr. Epps. Right, because the drug cartels are committed Trump voters and they feel betrayed by Ray Epps. Maybe they're queuing on people, too. And that is an extremely bizarre way for The New York Times to end their puff piece on Ray Epps to talk about how the Mexican drug cartels have it in for Ray Epps. It makes absolutely no sense. Why on earth did they bring that in there? Folks, this just looks an awful lot like deep state media to me. And we were not supposed to see these clips of Ray Epps. They have a real problem here with Ray Epps, and we were not supposed to see this stuff, but somehow somehow he got videotaped multiple times, and somehow they were onto him on January 5th and 6th saying, Fed, 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 you heard the crowd around him when he was telling them to go into the Capitol. We weren't supposed to see this. It's been damage control all the way along, and now it's really damage control. What is going on here? We have questions. This is highly strange. And if you're going to spend more than a year looking into January 6th and you ignore this, then it's more than strange. It's an indictment of your motives. Mm. 
I think uh, indictment of your motives is a good way to summarize this. Is Ray Epps the smoking gun to the Fedsurrection? I do not know. We do not have concrete evidence that Ray Epps worked for some federal agency or another, or was tipped off by some federal agency or another. But apparently the crowd around him that day in the 5th and the 6th thought he was some kind of a Fed, and they were videoing the guy. And is that creating a huge headache for the regime as they want to turn the national security state apparatus against the heartland of this country, against American citizens, not for terrorists abroad anymore. It's for the American citizenry. It's for the heartland. Yeah, that's why this is such an important thing. And that's why it's important to systematically look at all of this right now. And I've gotten most everything in there to at least be thinking about. There's a lot of question marks here. There's a lot of smoke here. There's a lot of suspicion here. And I can't say exactly what's going on. I'm important. It's important to emphasize that. But let's uh, let's keep digging. What do you say? Let's get to the phone lines and talk to Ron and Conifer. And Ron and Conifer, thank you for hanging on a few minutes, sir. Um, had to get a bunch of stuff in. But what's on your mind here today? Well, I just have a question that has been bothering me for some time. Isn't there a gallery in the Capitol building? Um. Yeah. I and think if there so. is, isn't that for people to go in and observe the proceedings? So that if that's the case, why is it so outrageous that anybody would want to go in to the Capitol building and watch a proceeding? Well, I guess I, I guess I don't know the legality of that kind of thing, but everybody says that no, that's that's illegal. You can't go in, even though AOC herself was saying that the doors were held open for these people, and she's well, wondering like who held the doors open for these people? Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, it seems to me like that's an obvious question that, that maybe there's an answer to this. That, uh, but I mean, why? I mean, they have, there's a, a limitation by the number of seats available, but why is it absolutely outrageous for somebody to want to go in? Yeah. And well, if you look at the past history of left wing protests and so forth, and what they have done around the Supreme Court and around the Capitol buildings and so forth, uh, somehow that never gets the same play, which is interesting. But, I don't know, Ron, when you when you hear all this presented about Ray Epps and you hear Darren Beatty, Tucker Carlson and what I've been trying oh, to yeah. put together about this. I mean, isn't it just a weird one? Isn't it sure. strange? Doesn't it make you Absolutely. wonder? Absolutely. And then the one other thing I want to say is that, uh, you know, they say, well, Trump didn't do anything. Well, let's see. He authorized the National Guard. It was rejected. And now it's up to the people. It's up to the Capitol Police into the D.C. police to take care of it. What could he do? And he recorded a video saying, peaceful, go peacefully, peaceful. And then YouTube and Google banned that video. Isn't that weird? It's like, <laughs> well, it's why would they do that? Why would they because try to... Because they're evil liars. Yeah. That's why. Why would they try to muzzle Trump's message on peacefulness there? So, anyway... It's interesting, Ron, and we'll see where this goes, and we'll see what, what other shoes are going to drop, because the, the New York Times does something like this. Usually something is about to happen, and we've watched this year after year during the Trump administration when they'd head something off in the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN. At any rate, uh, good questions, Ron. Thank you, sir, for checking in. Glad you're here. It's Matt Dunn. It's Backbone Radio. And I don't know, should we move off to 
WEF, Sri Lanka, 2A, next hour? I think so. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.